Welcome to Freedom Through Truth, a broadcast outreach of Ministries of Wayne Weaver, bringing the freedom of God through the truth of God's Word. And Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Yet, as the Son of God, he created all things. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9, And to make all men see that what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. There it says Jesus Christ was the creator. So Jesus Christ as the Son of God was the creator of the world. But Jesus Christ as the Son of Man had no place, not even a stone to lay his head. You see some differences here. In Matthew chapter 17, verse 9, And as they came down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man until the Son of Man be risen from the dead. This is talking about the Mount of Transfiguration. After they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, they were transfigured. They saw that Moses and Elijah, here they come, and they were with them. And the disciples were saying that let's build a tabernacle for them to be here. And then he came down, when he came down from Mount Hermon, it's believed that it was Mount Hermon, the northern part of Israel. And when he came down, he said, now don't tell anyone about this. Vision, he called it a vision, until the Son of Man be risen from the dead. Here he was declaring himself again as the Son of Man that will die and rise from the dead, not the Son of God, which is all one and the same, but there's a difference. If there isn't the difference, why does the Bible make a distinction between the two? And the Bible actually says that every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And there are some people that are very religious that do not confess that. They do not believe. They said that they would say that Jesus did actually not come in the flesh. He came in a sinless body so that he could never, would, would have never been able to sin. That's not what the Bible says. You have to confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. He came in the flesh. He had the ability to sin. He could have sinned and missed it all, but he didn't. That's the greater honor. In Matthew, let me see here, where am I at? In Matthew chapter 18, verse 11. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. And Jesus said it himself. He did not say the Son of God came. He said the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom or a payoff for many. The purpose of Jesus to come as the Son of Man was to come and die and pay my price that it would have cost me which I couldn't have paid because I didn't have eternity in me. I was not an eternal being. I had sin written in my life. And so I was condemned from the beginning. Jesus did not have sin written in his body because, see, my father sinned, and his father sinned would be my great-grandfather, and my great-great-grandfather also sinned, and so there was sin in my flesh. But who was the father of Jesus? Jesus had the father, and it was the father from heaven, so there was no sin traces in him. You say like this, well, maybe it is because of the woman, the woman who was Mary's father. But to find the scientific facts to know that it is truth that the Bible, or that, that it is a true scientific fact that a, a little child does not get the blood of the mother. 
Yes, it is the placenta, but that's like a stomach where the blood of the mother goes in to digest the nutrients that then goes into the, the cord and into the belly button of the baby. And so the baby actually does not get the blood of the, of the mother, but gets the blood of the father. So whose blood did Jesus have? He had the blood of the father, and in that blood there was no sin. So he was sinless from the beginning. But he had an option that he could sin, but he chose not to because of the power that he had in the Holy Spirit. And the denying of himself and taking up his cross. <coughs> now... In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But we have this treasury in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It says the earthen vessel now, here again, is talking about us as human beings. Or in Jesus' eyes, or in depicting Jesus, it would be as the Son of Man. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The earthen vessel is the Son of Man. The spiritual or the excellence of power is the Son of God. So the Son of God, he, the Son of Man had heavenly power as being the Son of God in his own vessel. And it was, an, it was excellence of power. There was no lacking power that Jesus had. He could do about everything there was to do. He could walk on water where others couldn't. He could heal where others couldn't. He could take care of every situation because he had the excellency as the power of God in his life because he was the son of God. And in this he carried the excellence of who God was and who God is in the form of flesh. Now, there is consequences when this happens. I'll read the verse again, and then we'll continue with the other verses. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Verse 8 and 9, we are troubled on every side. We are perplexed. We are persecuted. We are cast down. Now, I'm skipping every other word here, every other phrase. Now I will read the others, and then I'll combine them. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed, but not in despair, but not forsaken, but not dismayed or destroyed. Now I'll read it as it says. But we are, because of this excellency of God that dwells in this mortal man, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, yet not in despair. We're persecuted but not forsaken. We're cast down, but we're not destroyed. You see, this is what happens when you walk with the power of God as another element in our life. We are human beings made of human flesh, and we can absolutely sin. Then we have this excellence of the power of God that also dwells within us. By the new birth and the Holy Ghost, known as the sons of God. And when you combine and walk these two together, you're going to have some issues. And sometimes these issues are quite devastating. But in the midst of the devastation of it, it will not destroy you. It will perplex you, but it will not destroy you. You become troubled from the front side, the side side, this side, and the back side. You're troubled on every side at times. But what? But we're not distressed. Distress is a boat that has a distress signal means the motor don't run anymore. But when we're distressed, it means that we're not distressed. We're out there and we still keep going. 
We're, we have things in front of us in the back and everywhere we turn that confront us. But we're not distressed. We don't put the distress signal up. We still keep on going. We're still walking. We still keep right on going. Even though we might say, oh, I don't know if I can go anymore. Remember, the distress flag is not out. We're not putting the white flag out and saying, somebody needs to pull us. No, because of the excellency that is in us. So remember the next time when you face this kind of situation and circumstance, when it looks like all, if I may say, all hell breaks loose against you, that's not the end. We will not be distressed. No, we will be perplexed. It, we will question what God is doing here or what crossroad we're standing at. We're not sure which direction to go. But remember, it doesn't stop us. We'll keep right on going. We'll keep right on going. Now, there's times it might seem to you that you're not going anywhere. And this is why I want to turn to Elijah. And it looks like, God, why am I sitting in this brook and I'm not doing anything? But not knowing and realizing that God was doing a marvelous work inside the man to prepare him for the next event. Yes. I preached this message with conviction. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted but we're not left alone. We're cast down, but it won't destroy us. So brothers and sisters, maybe today you're sitting in this church and you're maybe a little cast down. You might be cast down today because of maybe some failure you've had in your life or maybe some other situation that rose up in your life and you feel kind of cast down. It's not gonna destroy you. It's not gonna destroy you. Don't look so destroyed. Amen. Lift up your heads. Redemption draweth nigh. It might look like the end of the road. It might look like this is it. You'll still come back and you'll go on. If you have the opera cry in you. How many times have you been perplexed? How many times have you felt walls and things rise up in front of you and all over the place? Where are you today? You're still going. You're still going. You're still going because God's word is true. God's word is true. There's one thing that can keep you from going that route, and that is if you have sin and you contain it in your heart and you refuse to let it go. Different story. I'm talking about people that are serving God or they're loving God, that are pursuing him, that are walking in the spirit. So why then do I have to go through so much? Because you have the excellence of the power of God with you. Because when you should be mad, you're glad. When you should be upset of the whole world, you're smiling with joy in your heart. When you're misunderstood and you should be bitter, and rather than that, you're forgiving. Why? Because the excellency of heaven rests upon you. That the darkest hour has always supplied and equipped saints out of nowhere. When the world events have caved in and things have fallen apart and it looks like everything is coming to a halt, God has always had a man somewhere that he might have kept back in the little brooks. 
He might have held it back in some of these little dry brooks and might have been hiding back there and preparing him like he did Noah on a boat. When the earth was ready to be destroyed, then it seemed everybody could only think bad. God had a man on a boat. A Noah on a boat. Daniel, the prime minister of Babylon. Esther, the queen of Persia. Deborah, the judge under the palm tree. Samuel, the anointer of oil. Elijah, the mountain prophet standing in the luxury ivory court of King Ahab. The little mountain prophet that didn't have much dress to show forth. He had came with a leathern girdle and he kind of looked the way he did. One day stood in front of the ivory courts, which I have not seen the ivory courts, but I've been to the spot where they were. And there stands this little mountain prophet and he looks into the eyes of Ahab and he says, it's going to dry up in three and a half years. It's going to dry up until I will tell it not to. And when he went away from that ivory palace, he started going one direction. And I'm sure he didn't go out of the city. He asked, God, where do I go? This angered the man. I think Ahab's mad at me. Where do I go? And he says, go over Jordan and go to Jareth. Go over Jordan. Look, I've been preparing you all these years for that moment. To speak to Ahab. You see, Ahab was now a ruler of the children of Israel. And he was a very wicked ruler. And David, King David, just ruled a hundred years earlier, which would be about same as Woodrow Wilson in our time. How many of you remember of Woodrow Wilson? You lived in that time. Not one person in here remembers of Woodrow Wilson being present as you lived. But that's how far it would have been back from Woodrow Wilson to as I stand here today to David when things were glorious and the people feared God and God was with him and blessed the kingdom and the people lived for God to a hundred years later here comes Ahab, the wickedest king that has ever been up to that point. He was more wicked than all the others combined according to the word of God. And here was a little mountain prophet over by Tishbe which is just down from Ammon, Jordan, or Ammon. We hope you've been inspired and changed by today's message. If you wish to listen to today's message or for other audio and video resources from the preaching ministry of Wayne Weaver, please visit ministriesofwayneweaver.com.